At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombicure for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. And I have a very awesome friend of mine and colleague that I cannot wait to introduce that is joining me from Mexico City, Hector Ivan Lira Evia. He's uh, obviously um, going to share a little bit more about the world in Mexico City and in Mexico at the moment, but he is a board of director and also partner of public relation uh, network. Um, he is professor and definitely someone who is extremely well-versed in digital world and PR and everything that is changing right now on global scale. Uh, Ivan, how are you? Welcome. Hi, hello. Nice to talk to you. Nice everyone to, to be here with everyone sharing our, our thoughts and uh, this conversation is quite exciting. Fantastic. You and I met again, people will get tired of it, but Clubhouse, we had opportunity to connect and have a great conversation and you've been a um, phenomenal participant on leadership roundtables, you're contributing such a great value. And I wanted to make sure that we have also opportunity to get you on the Legacy Leaders Show for multiple reasons that you guys have to wait to learn more. Um, so Yvonne, or Ivan, depending which part of the world people are pronouncing your name. Um, I will go with European version if that's all right with you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So do you mind sharing a little bit, um, how is the life in Mexico City right now with COVID lockdowns um, and, and 2021 second quarter, please? So I think it's uh, kind of the same uh, like the rest of the world. We're still having a lot of, uh, it's not a strong lockdown, but there's a lot of measures here that uh, the government and the, the companies are taking to uh, try to control the, the spread of the virus. Uh, we're still uh, working from home. Schools are still uh, from home. We haven't seen any change on that. But we're, we're st uh, starting to see some businesses to open up, restaurants, movie theaters that were hit really hard during the pandemic. Yes. And uh, we're changing almost the same way as the rest of the world, I would say. It is interesting the magnitude of impact, right? That the current event, not only just the COVID, but social economic stuff uh, and in different regions, as well as political and, and, and environmental. So we see snowballing effect. And as an expert in PR and obviously being on the board for the public relation network, do you mind sharing a little bit from PR perspective? What do you see where this is headed and how is this changing how we're consuming absorbing information and this digital footprint that you're able to produce and create, please? Yes, I mean, um, from a public relations perspective, the world changed too. Uh, brands are now uh, trying to communicate and to connect different with their, with their, in different ways with their audiences. Now, uh, you can always match quality, 
price, but what you can't match so easily, it's the experience of having a product or service. And that's what we're trying to communicate to, to different audiences, because it's not just the consumer, it's government, it's chambers, associations, several um, areas that, that brands and companies need to communicate. And during the pandemic, we realized that there's also a, a big, big factor within the same the, the companies, and it's their people, their employees, their collaborators. Yeah. Yeah. So that was also a change. Um, perhaps uh, human resources tended to to take care of the, that public, that audience. But now, from a PR perspective, it's also important because uh, at the end of the of the day, these people become brand ambassadors, become um sharers and and embodiers of of the the brand so it's important to be aware of what they think how they feel and uh allow them to communicate in a proper way i mean help them to understand the the brand values how we want to position a brand and let them go out there and share their experience not spread the word that is excellent point. And, and, and you mentioned a lot of regulations uh, that comes from different industries, right? As well, associations as, as well, government and whatnot. What, how can something be done? But on the end of the day, as any business, small or large, um, I love to emphasize an experience. What are we offering and how is that different? How is this going to be solving the pain point that they're experiencing today. So any trends that you can share that you discover, because I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously Mexico, it's very close to US and how is that uh, certain trends in that you see in Mexico? So what we see here in Northern Hemisphere, how, how they're impacting and of course across the world. Yes, uh, we've seen the acceleration of a lot of technologies. I mean, e-commerce had a boom and I think it, it was worldwide, but at least here in Mexico, uh, it sped up the, the, the way people bought online. Uh, also the adoption of new technologies in order to be faster, be safer in, in facilities where you are producing equipment, machinery, whatever. So I would say that the pandemic brought a lot of opportunities for different uh, sectors uh, to bring in technology solutions to help out people to develop themselves. I mean, uh, some companies use this uh, spare time, I don't know how to call it, uh, this whole 2020 was a different year, to train their people, to help them develop new, new skills, and to shift towards a different way to do business. So I think that um, now we're more digital, everyone, I mean, uh, even uh, older generations, boomers, Gen X, myself, uh, uh, we're now more into, into this, this uh, technology stuff that perhaps it was not as easily adopted before. And uh, the other thing that I, I, I believe is uh, the need of uh, human connection uh, within people. I mean, we've been closed in, in, in our homes uh, away from everyone else. And suddenly there's a, a rush to go meet people, go have contact, contact with people, interact. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for those brands, those uh, platforms such as Clubhouse that allow connections, that allow interactions, networking, to bring their audiences together and collaborate. 
Um, there's a lot of new digital um, conducts that, that the users have, like we want to connect, we want to collaborate, we want to engage with the brands. So uh, those companies that adapt their services, their products and allow audiences to be together in, in, a, in a sense uh, might have an advantage from, from their competitors. Uh, that is such a great point because we're seeing uh, some of the early adopters as, as uh, you know, marching and getting so much ahead and so many people still uh, taking slow approach and definitely the one, the late adopters, like in any technology, uh, they're just not even considering uh, of much of the change. And I think uh, with that on personal level and professional level, it's going to hinder growth, but also success, right? Yes. Yes, I mean, uh, that's, that's one of the, the hard things to watch, that perhaps the gap between the poor and the rich, it's getting bigger, because yes. uh, education is going it's, to, it's been hard here in Mexico City, uh, I mean, distant education, because medium class, the higher class have no problems with access on, to the internet with computers, iPads, whatever, to provide for the kids. But the low-income households, have had a real tough time, a tough year, because it's not easy to have internet access here in Mexico City, or Mexico as a country, actually, or, or have the technology uh, there to help them. So you, you see kids having their classes on cell phones with low, low, low internet bandwidth. So that's, that's one of the shames of this, this pandemic, because it really uh, widen the, 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 the gap between the rich and the poor. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're addressing that because we're seeing that, believe it or not, even in the United States, everybody think one of the wealthiest, the richest, the most successful country, but the issues and magnitude of problems that we're experiencing, it is just so huge and it's heart-wrenching and heartbreaking because we have a similar situation. I was just talking to someone who is in New York City and in different parts of New York, we have a Brooklyn Bronx, for example, neighborhoods where children cannot also have, you would think, uh, you know, access to internet and as a result they're using this that the networks and nonprofit channels uh, that they're having so they can do actually homework by watching TV and having different grades um, uh, teachers sharing with them and teaching them like that virtually on the TV because they have access to TV but they don't have access to internet. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of community coming together and being very creative. Um, but as you mentioned, not everybody um, has that opportunity even, you know, in, 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 in your country. And as a result, we're seeing um, kids not progressing as fast. And as an educator, that's really, really hard. For them, it's already hard being locked down, right? I mean, you have a, you know, you said two children yourself. So I can imagine how the, your, your children feel like when they cannot do normal things, right? Let alone adults uh, that used to be able to um, do magnitude of social stuff and, and be very successful at that they feel like they don't have no much of opportunity and choice right now. Yes, it's, it's hard for everyone. I mean, uh, we as adults understand a, a lot of things, way more things than the, the little ones, right? Uh, yeah. They don't understand why, why we can go out, why, why we can hug our, our grandparents or whatever. So I, I think it's, it's, it's going to take a toll in, in every one of us. Uh, and it's going to take some time to, to 
I don't want to say go back because it's hard. We're not going back anywhere. It's different. Yes. We're shifting. So yeah. to get to this new place, whatever it is, uh, whatever it takes, it's going to take some time too and some work to to go back and, and try to reconstruct yourself and try to be at least somewhat similar to what you used to be in terms of uh, happiness and, and uh, some stuff that is not easily measured because uh, now you look back and see, oh, we were really happy. We had this, 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 and that. And now we, we will need to, to find some substitute to going out to the park without a mask or going for, for an ice cream. I, I mean, the smallest of things have changed. Yes, and, and, and I'm seeing also a lot of professionals that are struggling because they don't feel like they're doing or what they could do or they're limited what they're doing and you spot on adults know more, but in the same time, it's a lot of pressure to provide for family. It's a lot of pressure to support uh, others and, uh, and I'm seeing also huge burnout and I see from the leadership standpoint that a lot of people are just on the end of their ropes because it's like, hey, Isabel, I can't take a time out. Family's waiting, kids are waiting, uh, family members are waiting, friends and colleagues are expecting certain things. And I feel like the cycle uh, is just getting uh, broader and, and, and more and more things to, to do, right? Uh, yet um, the toll of that recycle and, and it, it's just taking on people because it's like, it's very hard to find the time out, isn't it? So how do you balance that and find a time out and also on top of it do self-care so you can be able to contribute in the best possible light? Yes, I mean, uh, from a um, company perspective, we need to take care of our employees because uh, it's it's been a hard year. Uh, people needed to change to adapt, and it hasn't been something that that we planned or it was easy. So uh, what I, what we're doing is uh, letting people live their lives. I mean, if they need to take a day off, if they need to take an afternoon off, they, they I want to work from a different city. Hey, let's do it. We're we're not planning to go back to an office, for instance, yes. uh, as as a, as a peer agency. We we might keep this model for for a while. We've been doing this for for some of our our team members, and perhaps now it's going to stay the same for everyone else. And um, I, I I've seen these kind of changes in some companies. There's people that wants to go back, but not full time keep one, two days uh, doing work from home, home, whatever it, that is, if it's a park, if it's a coffee shop, whatever. Uh, but but uh, that's going to be also uh, one of the biggest changes, how we work. Because uh, I, I don't see it going back the same way, uh, eight to five, uh, one hour break. It doesn't make any sense. We, we went so many ways and fight so many battles during this year to go back to that, that it's not productive. I mean, now we are measuring by results, not by time spent working, time spent on a client. If you get the results, it's okay. You did it in 15 minutes, fantastic. You have the whole day for you. It took you, I don't know how many hours, fantastic. It, it doesn't matter, you got the results done. And I think a lot of companies are, are thinking that way, trying to, provide this as an added value for their, their, their employees, their collaborators. And it may, may, may change a little bit 
the way uh, work is perceived from now on. And that's an excellent point because different people have a different skills and just because they practice and invested so much in themselves, if it takes them uh, something to accomplish sooner, then they have rest of their day for themselves or whatever might be the case. Um, but I also see um, interesting trends uh, even with the virtual work right now that we're seeing um, where people are not as connected right and as we know connection is that we all crave like right now we see each other we're on the zoom we're on the video and we don't wear the mask majority of people we see it's passing down the street wearing the mask having sunglasses you can't even have an eye contact right um but how important it is also to have this opportunity to connect to really hear each other to see each other even if it means virtually but also to be part of that driver driver's seat right where we're headed why we're doing what we're doing and and what outcomes we're expecting so in yes terms of, go ahead please so, sorry sorry uh, i just wanted to, to take on that idea and going back to what we we were talking about trends um people want to to have a sense of community of belonging and it's kind of hard to do that with this kind of communication because I don't know. Uh, it's it's soon burned out everywhere. Everyone is oh another Zoom meeting, another Google Meet, another. It's it's not working that way. So companies need to find a way to promote community within them the, their their employees. So uh, it it might help them to strengthen the relationship within the organization, but also to promote innovation, promote new ideas, new solutions. I think what, that's one of the things that might be at risk with this new way of work, that uh, without the collaboration, without the interactions, the nearby chit chat, yes. you might lose some big ideas, some big opportunities, because in, in some it's not happening. Yes, and, 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 and that's why we're seeing uh, some of the things I mean, we can throw statistics here, right? But what really astound, I was astonishing to see, uh, there were four or five different groups that did a great detail of um, update on, on, on current state in organizations. And uh, from Harvard Business Review, you know, to top Gallup and a bunch of others. And almost every single one came to very, very close percentile of, of the, um, outcomes where we, we still see now in 2021 year year later that so many organizations still not handling or knowing how to do effectively virtual performance virtual work environment uh, as well as that so many leaders don't feel equipped actually to lead in virtual environments and that is um, astonishing to me i understand their plates are full but i also understand that we've been over a year into that systems like it's not anymore just technology usage right but it is showing up and figuring out way how you communicate and connect and how you bring the value to your team and how do you actually lead the way and um a lot of them are still a loss. I don't feel fully prepared. And actually percentage was so low that I was surprised less than like 25% actually. But then on the other hand, we're seeing interesting other trends, you know, why we're feeling still underperforming. And I don't know how much it is going on in Mexico, but here we have a high disconnect and such a high underperformance. And also we have a lot of um, disengagement and obviously burnout. One of the major issues we're seeing here is truly mental health problems uh, that are caused by severe burnout, fatigue, and just the lack of 
uh, motivation and desire because people are just in constant uh, cycle of never-ending spiral, I guess. Uh, so with that in mind, obviously not looking at everything from negative perspective, but it's good to understand what is happening in the world, what is happening with our clients, right? How do we serve them and what can we change? Uh, and specifically PR right now, anything wrong, anything that uh, is a um, uh, hot topic uh, that is something that is going on, everybody will jump on. But then in reality, it's like why, why we're so preoccupied with the negative news and, and all these negative aspects. So do you mind sharing a little bit from your perspective? Obviously, you're a professor, you're teaching this, you're breeding that on, on a personal professional level. Uh, what do you see? How is also PR changing? What type of um, uh, public relations and information gets disseminated and, and, and everything else related to that? Yes, it's it's quite interesting because, uh, as you say, we're living Groundhog Day, <laughs> that movie every single day, like starts all over again, and it's you're living the same day over and over and over again, and our industry needed to to change because we depended a lot. I mean, it's public relations. You you literally work with people, and um, we needed to shift towards a more digital approach to change the way that we communicate with our audiences, whomever they are. I mean, it's not just media outlets. We work a lot of, of uh, different audiences, strategic audiences for our clients. And uh, at, at the beginning, uh, the digital solution was something that we, we were implementing, uh, I would say a couple of years ago, and it was something different, innovative. Oh, we can do Google Meets and, and Zooms, and we can use these tools like Menti or whatever to present our, our, our information. But suddenly that become like the regulation, a commodity to have a Zoom meeting. And we needed to, to change that. And uh, we started to provide what we were missing, like the community, the contact. Let's do a breakfast. So we sent out breakfast uh, uh, kits to each one of the, of the people attending our meetings. So everyone ha was having the same breakfast, the same experience, at least at distance, and uh, trying to implement some virtual reality, augmented reality, so you feel that you're in the same room with other people and turn around and see, oh my God, there's this guy, that guy, I work with that guy, I don't know. So it's trying to bring technology to help you. And uh, at the beginning, people were was hesitant to adopt these this measures because it's expensive, it hasn't been proved, uh, again, it's technology and not everyone is as, as um, uh, easy to adapt or, or to, to, to understand technology, but uh, we learned from this, if we, we learned something from this pandemic is that you need to adapt, you need to learn, you need to, to adopt these new technologies and start doing things. So I would say that technology has helped us to, to shift and to implement more effectively. And the second thing is that, uh, and it's something that we've been doing for quite a while, but now it's, it's uh, uh, more clear for our clients, is that we used to do like send out a press release to everyone. And uh, I would say three to four, four years ago, we started to shift towards, hey, let's focus on quality, not quantity. And yeah. we started working closely with certain audiences, certain media outlets, certain government officials, and not just with everyone. And that has helped a lot because 
you work uh, one relationship, provide unique content, unique information, unique value. And that helps not only your client, but it strengthens this audience and position themselves as, as providers of, of resourceful information, resourceful, resourceful um, assets. And uh, that's, that's what I've seen as a change, the introduction of, of technology and quality over quantity. That is such a great perspective. And I love that you're challenging as a PR firm, your team uh, of leveraging different technology. And I love Agritude uh, and virtual reality technology. And I've seen so many demos and, and, and you spot on. It creates such an amazing way also for our brains to be stimulated by something different and new and exciting, frankly, right? Um, but also, as you said, put us all in the same room and give us chance to um connecting in a different way but 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 i'm also seeing and i'm glad you pointed out that it's not just the pr focus on something that is happening dramatically in the world and adding more to the those events and 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 give them more accolades uh but it also looking for different ways to stimulate uh the client and what what they're doing uh, and some new new innovative ways that they're disrupting the industry right because we're seeing a lot of disruptors so i'm curious what disruptions you're seeing of right now that are super Super exciting and, and and makes you not only hopeful but you cannot wait to see what's going to happen in years to come well there's a lot of new technologies coming i mean uh from from one of the things that i, I i'm eager to see is space exploration i think it's growing a lot uh I've, I've seen companies already being being created to mine asteroids to populate planets and it's like we we don't feel like we're close enough, but uh, brands are still, are start trying to, to sell out that. I mean, you have this logistics brand that it's gonna be the first one to send out a shipment to the moon. Uh, and you start to, to see that. It doesn't seem close to everyone, but I think it's really, really important. Every single technology that was used during the space programs is now a technology in our everyday life. And that's where uh, we, do like big leaps of technology. If you think about it, it was uh, early, uh, early 20th century when we learned how to fly. And within 100 years, we had commercial flights, we went to the moon, uh, we have a space station. So it's an exponential growth. And I think that's an industry that's gonna be uh, huge in the coming years. Um, the, the other one that it's quite, relevant for me and, and for everyone i think it's um climate change that yeah. that topic it's quite hot quite relevant and i see a lot of industries a lot of people starting to to take that on a serious note not just like the greenwash like oh, yeah we were we planted a thousand trees and then we forgot about them and we don't know if they're <laughs> growing what's happened to them and now it's more uh, an implementation uh, a more strategical implementation within the companies, part of their business and the yes. way they do business. So those two things combined uh, are the ones that excite me a lot because our future is in there. I mean, we need to take care of this planet. We need to, uh, as individuals, as companies, as governments, we need to take care of, of, of the planet. And we need to, need to explore other, other planets for the future of humanity, right? 
And I love, uh, again, connection there. So that's um, amazing. And you spot on. And we were actually had a yesterday discussion where people are like, yes, it's great that we explore in other planets. On the other hand, we still need to do a work and not neglect Mother Earth and, uh, you know, what we're currently doing or not doing a good job of uh, with all these environmental issues and whatnot. But you spot on how the reach, the goal and, and specifics uh, around desire to uh, get to the moon helped out and so much exponentially and everything else and finding new solutions and then where we can uh, and how we can do that. And, and I love that we're stretching, that we're innovating specifically uh, part of the STEM uh, programs and everything else. And because both of us being educators, um, I can really see the huge opportunity um, to really build amazing, amazing community, right? That is continuously um, pushing forward those innovations and as a result, transforming not only the way do we think, but act and behave, obviously, uh, but also the way we're really seeing what we can do with our own individual companies, right? Yes. So PR is changing. I mean, PR changed so much. Um, and I'm curious, what do you see right now, some of the changes that even happening in PR world uh, from your perspective and where you think where PR is getting, what role PR is going to be uh, having in the future? Uh, I think that PR is gonna be, be more strategic because it usually was media management. Like yes. uh, let's talk to the media, book a space on TV or radio and a newspaper, uh, find opportunities. And I would say that, that that's quite tactical. That's not hard. Anyone with a, with a media list and, and some contacts can help you with that. But uh, what I truly believe is that now uh, public relations, it's gonna be uh, more strategic communications, how to address different uh, audiences, how to address their needs, how to communicate your messages and make sense for them and, and persuade them to to change the way that companies perceive. I mean, it's all about reputation management. It's all about how a brand is perceived. And, and one of the examples I, I gave to my, my, my students is that the brand is so relevant that if you look out the value of Tesla Motors, it's gonna yes. be like up to the moon. And you look Toyota Motors and it's, it's way below and it doesn't make any sense because they produce, I mean, like 10 times more cars a year than Tesla Motors. But what is different is the brand and how it communicates itself. If I ask you, what's the name of the, the Tesla Motors CEO? I would say Everybody nine out of 10. <laughs> Everyone knows Elon Musk. He's a rock star. He's Iron Man uh, in the real life. But if I ask, what's the name of Toyota Motors CEO? Everyone goes yeah. silent. So it's that's the kind of communications that, and, and you see it every day, this uh, startups born, raised, and, and, and gather a lot of money without that much uh, physical things. I mean, you got servers for, for, a, for a tech startup, servers and, and information programming, that's it. Everything else, it's the brand and what it brings. And, and what it provides to, to their clients. So that's where, where I think the, the value in PR is to help brands to, to build their reputation, strengthen their rep reputation, but also protect them from crisis 
And uh, look what happened yesterday with Tesla. It was a big accident, two people got killed with the autopilot. Just like that, $6 billion disappeared from Elon Musk's fortune. So uh, that's, that's where I see PR going, to manage the reputation of brands, to become more strategic oriented, to communicate in a different way, not just send out press releases, contact media, coordinate interviews. So, wow, I love that you use that example and I love that we can really depict a little bit. So do you mind sharing a little bit of event that took a place that you were just talking about? Uh, because obviously autonomous vehicles and uh, driverless as, they, as the people you like to call them, uh, obviously was an error and it was proven there was an error on Tesla side. Is that, is that why, why is the major, major uh, loss financially there? Do you mind just sharing a little bit with the audience and more of what, what happened? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not the first time that there's an accident. Yes. Uh, and as I always say, there will be lawyers. Uh, they will defend that the driver was uh, sleeping in the, in the back seat and there was no one at the wheel at the time that they explicitly say that you can go on autopilot, but you need to be on the driver's seat just in case, whatever. Uh, so this accident happened. Two people got killed, unfortunately. And then... Uh, the stock went down, right? Because, because whoa, it, this is what makes Tesla different. They autopilot all these features that uh, we, we've been communicating strategically. You buy a Tesla not because the, it's the best design, not because it's the fastest car. It's because you adopt this experience. You can match speed, you can match design. But again, it's really hard to match experience because you have a computer on board and it has some jokes and it tells you you have video games and that's something that no other car has has put into it and uh, it's the whole experience that you can start it up from the distance and uh, do stuff that you couldn't do regularly with your with your car suddenly one of those things goes awol and and kills two people and that's where stock is going down so you need to address the media, you need to address the, uh, some key audiences, the regulators, the, the transportation office, and let them know, yes, it, it might be an, an issue we need to investigate, but from what we know, the first mistake is the driver was not at the seat. So that's, <laughs> I yes. think, has there gonna be, be uh, tackling this issue. And, and, and the reason why I wanted to just to depict a little bit and thank you so much for sharing that for all of those that did not hear that, how, as you said, before even lawyers' investigations and whatever happens, just that consumer mindset, stakeholder share, and just overall economy, right? When we look at how these economical trends are impacting um, and, 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 and how they are, uh, as again, consumers making this reactive, compulsive kind of uh, uh, magnitude of, of their behavior everything is behavior based right yeah. so today we see more than ever that certain behaviors are accepted certain behaviors are not certain behaviors will look as a, as a cool certain behaviors are not looking as as a, as as fun and as as nice or as different generations obviously and segmentation of, of, of their interests as something that they would like to partake. And I'm seeing a lot of, of that shift honestly with the Fortune 500 companies where behavior of CEOs or lack of their presence or proper behavior is also impacting consumers um, and decision, decision behind it 
uh, where the loyalty used to be, that that loyalty is not there any longer. So I'm curious, um, uh, how do you see then as a result, uh, so consumers are gonna be driving the PR or, or, or PR will be driving consumers' habits. I'm curious, a chicken and egg, right? What, what, what do you think is happening uh, in the future because of all these new trends that we're seeing? Due to social media and digital footprint uh, beyond the PR releases and engagement, it's really interesting this topic because uh, nowadays I would say that the, the society, the consumer, is, is setting up the agenda. If you see Black Lives Matter on all these social movements, they yes. set up the agenda, and then companies, brands, individuals reacted to that, and depending on how you reacted, people would say, yeah, uh, that, that brand makes sense. So no, though they are just posing to try to gain some business. And uh, I believe that there's going to be a middle point where companies and brands were, will put out there some messages and try to set up the agenda. But at the end of the day, it, it will be this middle point where the audience and all this, I mean, if you think Back in the day, we, don't, we didn't have a way to communicate our ideas, to express our discontent with the brand, with a company, with a service. Now you just go to Twitter and, and, and put it there, right? Like, hey, I hate this brand because they ruined my vacation because of this, this, and that. And um, that has an impact because if it takes on and people start adding up, hey, yes, I know that I had a bad experience too, and I experienced this and that, then you have to react. So uh, you have to, to find that sweet spot where you put on some, some things out there, some messages, see what Burger Kings does. I mean, they, they, sometimes they hit it right on, sometimes they miss it. But last year they sent out the message from Burger King in the UK um, asking people to buy from McDonald's. Hey, this is a hard time. Everyone needs uh, your help. Uh, try to buy not only from Burger King, from McDonald's, from Wendy's, from whatever. And that was amazing. I mean, everyone took it great. Uh, fantastic that you at Burger King, King think that way. So that's one hit. Then they have a lot of misses where they told the line that this really, really narrow gray line and, and miss it. But it's uh, it's a way to, to find that sweet sweet spot where you set up the agenda and where you can react to what's happening out there. Wow, that is that is so good to see because it's a cause and effect, right? And and, and for a lot of the listeners and people that are also watching this show, uh, it, it's just a great thought-provoking uh, concept because right now we're, we're, we're not going, as you mentioned earlier, back and condition of our, our previous work. Things already so much change that is impossible to, and, 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 and that old way will not serve us any longer. We'll just uh, make us extinct in, in many ways and specifically from PR perspective, but also the lifestyle and the way we live, the way we consume information, the way we also make our choices and decisions and drive factor it's going to be quite a bit different so um do you mind sharing a little bit about um also some of the how this changing also what are you teaching as a professor obviously at university uh, uh because i'm sure that forces also to change curricula and change different topics but i'm sure it comes up with the new subjects and even completely new courses so i'm curious um is is that catching up also with with the trends and changes and the means of the specific industries as well as new professions or professions that 
have to change. Like we used to have um, journalism, for example, journalism dramatically changed and almost became obsolete in a way we used to know. And journalist schools um, canceled their curriculum because they finally realized we, we can produce hundreds and thousands of more old school journalism types of degrees and, and graduates, but they are not going to be successful because journalism is not anymore done that way and it, it's completely changed. So I'm curious, is this similar in your space in terms of uh, PR, the way you teach and, and how you teach? Yeah, well, uh, education needs to change. I mean, if you think about it, the things that you teach today might be obsolete four years from now. So for that student, won't make any any sense to learn those tools in school. Yes. And uh, colleges are changing the way they teach, doing like more tailor-made courses towards new technologies, new trends. And uh, there will be jobs that we haven't seen yet. And we're preparing kids to develop those jobs, to develop those, those tools. So we need to provide them more than like teach them how to do things, help them to, to grow their skills by themselves, to identify opportunities, to collaborate, and uh, to build upon those, those things that they like and, and create new, new, new careers, new professions. So uh, in marketing, I mean, marketing has been the same for, for years and years and years. And the basics are still there. I mean, the four piece, Kotler four piece, uh, they're gonna be there forever. But uh, the, the channels have changed. We went from brick and mortar to digital. Now I think that we're going back to brick and mortar because everyone needs to go out and buy stuff, physical stuff. Like, I don't want to yeah, see no, no, anymore. They're tired, of, they're tired of ordering from Amazon and getting boxes in front of their door. They want to socialize. They want to spend some time feeling and touching it and then connecting, right? That's right. The, uh, the, already in China, the, it has a name. It's revenge shopping. They went out shopping just because they weren't able to shop throughout the year. And um, we need to adapt ourselves and how we teach marketing, for instance, to adapt to these new tools, these new channels. Uh, now, dropping audio, it's a thing. It started with Clubhouse, but now you have Facebook, you have Spotify who, brought, who bought a locker room earlier in the month. You have Twitter spaces. You, and, and it makes a lot of sense because it helps connection in a different way, like one-on-one -on -one, real time. And that's something that you did not have in Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, anywhere else. So that will be something that brands will need to address how we present our, our, our products, our services, our brand, who's going to be the voice of the brand. It's going to be a, a user. Yeah. It's going to be like, a, we, we want to hire this, this girl, this this guy to be the voice of the brand and he's going to be the voice from now on makes sense i don't know uh we'll we'll need to adapt that offering how we communicate what's the voice in terms of uh well, we speak properly we speak more more juvenile and uh there's new challenges and we what we're trying to teach at, at the college is you need to learn and adapt you need to try things fast um make mistakes fast so you can get there faster, right? So yes, we can speed, speed, speed. And when, when you think about it, it's it's all a scrum. It's all all this these new uh, trends that Google set up a lot of time ago. That this 
Silicon Valley companies have been doing from for a long, long time. Now it's time to start to teach these to, to other kids and not just at the college level, beforehand. I mean, the elementary school, high schools need to implement this way of teaching. The old ways uh, are not gonna last. I mean, homeschooling through internet, it was an adaptation of what we did on, on physical schools to the internet. That doesn't work. Kids are tired to learn from a, from a screen, talk to, to a microphone or earphones. It doesn't make any sense. They, we need to change that and adapt it for, for new times and let them develop skills that will be helpful uh, in the future. And those are excellent points and I'm super excited you touched on them um, because um, a lot of things uh, we learn what we like, what we don't. And even as you mentioned, uh, who is going to represent some brand? Is it, is it is the CEO, is it someone we hire uh, or is an actor whose voice we're gonna be using? Uh, everything is changing so much dramatically that um, we have to, again, pay attention where consumers are going, what they like, what they dislike. And one of the things that made me think of when you were talking about that is also uh, the clubhouse that the artists that used to be on the on the face of the clubhouse and now we have a hand and it's like why did they change that you know but but it's so interesting it's like uh how even brand is such a shepherd time involved but also for children um specifically younger children it's a playtime and, and, and we are not robotic society and they proving over and over again that that fear of technology and development, right, should not be presented, uh, but just as a compliment for what we're trying to do, because ultimately uh, we still want that human uh, touch and human interaction more than ever. So in closing, if you don't mind, Ivan, to share uh, uh, some actionable things for companies, specifically smaller, and to medium companies that can really be very nimble and agile, what would you recommend for them to think about it or take some specific actions or steps? Because we see so much information, right? We're overwhelmed, but yet what can we take action now that's gonna set us up for that massive success? I think that small and medium companies have a big opportunity here because large organizations, large corporations are slow movers, slow adapters. Or slow bringers of new technology, new trends. So if you're a small business, a medium business, try to adapt these new technologies, these new trends into your business. What is people, and think about this as Clayton Christensen uh, presented the job to be done. What's, what's the thing that people hire me to do? It's not just about milkshake and the flavor, it's because it entertains me throughout my commute and it makes me feel satisfied for longer than a banana or a donut. So that's the job to be done. Try to identify that and communicate it. Adopt new technologies, create new channels, interact with your audiences. If you understand your audience, what they need, why they hire you, if it's either a product or service, whatever you do, try to communicate those things to them through these channels because people is out there and they're listening and they're using social media and there's a lot of new, new easier ways to connect with them. So become a, a, a trusted source of information, become someone they will go to, uh, to, to get information, to get tips, advices, whatever, uh, becomes a part, a relevant part of their daily lives. And 
you can do that by posting regularly, by creating a blog. And those are things that are not expensive. They are time consuming, of course. But if you put time in, into that, you will see the rewards. I mean, the return of investment is going to be there. And um, for smaller companies, it's easy to try and fail, try and fail, and, and then hit it right away. And, and it's not going to be long before you have success and you see those in, 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 your, in, your, um, in your business, reflected in your business. That is brilliant. Thank you for sharing so much valuable um, information so we can step up and take action, but also what to pay attention to. So as you said, everything is happening quicker uh, and consumers are dictating what they want. So the best part is also we cannot or should not be worried about to create something that nobody wants. It's very easy to follow the, the pack and then really see what, what that is that they want, that they crave, that they ask for, and then how we can go deliver, right? So okay. it just it minimizes the error, minimizes the guessing aspects of it, I guess, in a way, doesn't it? Yes, and uh, it's, it's a big, big world. So there's going to be an audience for your product. There's going to be someone that will need your service. The thing is, you need to go out there and find it. And, and uh, by trying and using all these tools that we, we have nowadays, it's easier for, for brands and smaller businesses to spread the word about what they do, to identify these new audiences, identify these potential new clients and bring them to your business. So, so it's just a matter of trying and don't, uh, I mean, you're gonna fail, that's, that's a fact. I mean, no one hits it right the first time, but don't surrender, try again and again and again and you'll get there, believe me. I love that. That is such a fantastic uh, close. And Ivan, thank you so much for taking your time to join us in the Legacy Leader Show, sharing some amazing stuff. And before I let you run, I mean, you've been traveling also around the world and did so many amazing things on personal as well as professional level. And I just want to ask you, uh, what is in your bucket list uh, still to do? And what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like to be remembered by? I mean, you're already phenomenal father, you're already husband, you're already son, you're already a great community leader and supporter, but what is in there that really will make you uh, super happy knowing that you accomplished that? I would like to help new generations and that's why I'm in teaching because I truly believe that in the next generations are going to be key for the future of the planet. Of, I mean, everyone, uh, we will depend on them. So I want to be remembered by, by what I provide them with the tools I provide them with the um, education, and I don't know if it's education itself, but experiences uh, help them to, to learn from what I've done and what they can do uh, to believe in themselves. And that's, that's uh, the, the thing that I want to be remembered by my legacy, to, to be someone that uh, helped people to reach their potential, to develop new things, create new technologies, new, new things that will help the world and will help people and and help everyone to become a, a better better place better person to improve i would say that is brilliant and i love what you just highlighted so such a great legacy to have and a great goal and i'm sure that you're going to go accomplish that 
uh, as, as I'm already seeing the trajectory and, and what you've been doing so far. So keep up with your fantastic work and thank you so much again, joining us and being part of the Legacy Leadership for everyone listening. Please take a time not only to comment, but also to rate uh, this podcast. And we look forward to hearing your comments and feedback. Uh, have a great one and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.